We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hello and welcome to a special festive edition of the Money Matters podcast. I'm Danny Hewson and I seriously cannot believe another year is almost over, Laura. I know it's madness, isn't it? Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Suter, and this episode is going to be all about helping you to just breeze through the next few weeks before Christmas and hopefully emerge without a huge financial hangover to deal with in January. Yeah, we know Christmas can be a wonderful time, a chance to indulge and celebrate with friends and family, but it is also incredibly expensive. It's a huge amount of pressure to make Christmas just so. And after a year of price hikes, there are lots of people really worried about just being able to afford the basics. Yeah. And if you are really struggling, then definitely seek help. There's lots of support and help out there. Um, Citizens Advice is one that I always recommend. They're a great service and they're a really great first port of call because they can help go through what your issues are, what your problem areas are, and then direct you to more specific services like debt services, for example, if you need them. But they'll also make sure that you've got, you're signed up to all of the benefits that you're entitled to, make sure you're claiming any additional cost of living payments that the government been sending out. Um, So definitely speak to them as a first port of call, but also check online and and speak to the benefits helpline if you think that you might be eligible for more. Yeah, there is so much pressure at this time of year. And I I really do think that when you have kids, that pressure does intensify, particularly when they're young, because, you know, they believe in Santa. They think that you're not having to pay for everything and they're expecting the same sort of stocking filled as their mates are getting. And of course, everybody's circumstance is really different. So, do make sure that you take advantage of the help out there. And with that in mind, we thought that we would really focus in on one of the big expenses of the season. And that, of course, is the festive feast. Now, I think I've mentioned before, in fact, I've come in for quite a bit of stick before about this, but my family's always split the cost of the Christmas meal. So whoever cooks buys all the stuff and then divides the bill between everyone. I know that other people get friends and family maybe to bring a bottle or bring a course, you know, a dessert or something. And I know, Laura, this is the first time that you're catering the Big Davis time. I know. And I'm suddenly realizing how expensive it is and why people have been moaning about this all the time. I don't know why I volunteered to host. (laughs) But yes, I have definitely had a reality check and I've outsourced some bits. So I'm not going for the full kind of cost breakdown approach um, that you do, Danny, partly because we have a much smaller family. Um, So I can definitely see why you would do that if you're catering for bigger groups of people. But instead, I've outsourced different parts to my mum or my mother-in-law and told them to bring things along. And I've gone into preparation madness to try and spread the cost of Christmas. So buying things across December, there's still going to be obviously a very big food shop coming just before the big day. But I'm trying to get ahead in kind of buying some stuff early and spreading that cost as well. 
Well, my sister, you see, lives in the States, so she doesn't have time to do the shop. So for us, it's just easier for me to say, right, do you know what? Eat what's on the table and then you can give me 30 quid towards what I've bought. But I do think that you're absolutely right. Planning is utterly crucial. Making sure when you see those offers, you try and grab hold of them and Meal planning is something that one of our guests has turned into a real art form. Now, keep listening because we've drafted in Mimi Harrison, blogger, author, and the Instagram legend known as Beat the Budget to give us tips on making your food shop stretch really, really, really far. But before we hear all of those great tips from Mimi, I caught up with Catherine Shuttleworth from Savvy Marketing. So she spent her whole career digging into the tricks that supermarkets have to get you to spend more. And she shares her thoughts on how to spend much more savvily this festive season. So we're obviously nearing the festive season. Lots of people are having to make some pretty large food shops ahead of the big day. So what are the tips and tricks that supermarkets use to get you to spend more? And crucially, how can we all be really savvy and beat them? Well, the thing about your food shopping is you don't do it in one big go. So there'll be a big shop right towards the end, you know, just in the last few days before Christmas. You'll do lots of shops on the way through in sort of the 12 weeks leading up to Christmas. And what the supermarkets do is they put on loads of different promotions to try and get you to buy as much as you can early on in the hope that you might actually eat it before Christmas and buy it. (laughs) So you'll see things like biscuits, uh, chocolates, booze, all those prices will go in quite early with lots of really deep promotions on the hope that you'll consume all of that stuff and buy it again. But what you'll see as we move up through Christmas is lots of different deals on lots of parts of the shop. Now, what smart and savvy shoppers do is they buy things every week. As part of their normal shopping, they buy some Christmas stuff too. So they're not stuffed with one big shop right at the end and one very, very big bill. And so do you think then if you might be in that group of people that might be tempted to eat those biscuits and chocolates ahead of time, is it better to wait until the last minute, budget for it ahead of time, of course, but do one big food shop last minute? And will you get better deals buying last minute or not? No, not on food. Absolutely not. So the closer you get in time, unless you're absolutely prepared to wait till three o'clock on Christmas Eve to buy everything, and that's this year will be more complicated because Christmas Eve's on a Sunday. So that, because of uh, shop opening times, is more complicated. Mm-hmm. You won't get cheaper deals then. So a lot of people for their fresh shops, so things like their turkey and their meat, will have already ordered that. So I've done that. I ordered that two months ago um, with a local butcher. So I will get my, my product guaranteed for Christmas. The big risk at Christmas is you'll buy the wrong thing. You'll leave it too late. Shops will run out. So most people meal plan really, really well for Christmas, particularly if you've got lots of people coming to stay um, or you're feeding a big group of people. So they'll meal plan early and the big purchase, which tends to be the protein, so the beef, the turkey, whatever it is you're going to have, they'll try and find a good price on that early on. But actually at Christmas, people will spend a lot of money on really good food because they, they don't see saving money on stuff like that as a good thing to do. Where they'll want to save money is on things like tinfoil, Christmas nibbles, so you'll want to buy those on four for three, that kind of thing. Um, 
but the, the big sort of stars of the occasion, people will, will spend good money on. And we know that this year, lots of people have been, you know, less loyal to supermarkets. They've been more likely to shop around for different deals. Um, is there definitely good savings that you can make from doing that shopping around for different deals is it worth the hassle because for some people particularly if you live in more rural areas that can involve driving around a bit and and can be quite time consuming is it worth it for the deals or generally if you hunt out a bargain in in one supermarket is it likely to match others um it's a bit of a mixed picture so for alcohol it's always worth shopping around so you'll get deals a bit late now but you would have got deals like 25% 25% off six bottles of booms, which is a big savings, and that's an awful lot of money to sell. Mm. So that would work out as a really good deal. It'd be worth driving to a supermarket for. Um, they will, at Christmas is quite good to shop around on the sort of deluxe tier. So most people trade up at Christmas into the best or, um, you know, the finest ranges. Different supermarkets call them different things. They're worth shopping around for to see who's got the best deals on those. So whether there's a, a multi-buy deal. But you do have to balance petrol and time versus cost savings. So for some people, they've got bags of times on their hands and they can go around a load of supermarkets and they can look for the best deal. For other people, they're, you know, not necessarily cash rich, but they're definitely time poor. So it's better for them to go for one big shop and they'll pay for convenience. So there's a massive run and panic for Christmas home delivery slots, for example, to get them on the day that you want, particularly on Christmas Eve, so you've got everything in. So you might be prepared to pay a little bit more for that. But prices are similar in the supermarkets. Um, it's what you get with it. So would you get a, a voucher for money off, for example? Would you get extra points on your loyalty card? So you have to balance all of those things up. But that sounds complicated it's really simple to do and shoppers do that all the time seven days a week and they'll certainly be doing it at christmas and families tend to pull together so then like put supermarket points together or say i'm going to go and buy that when it's on a deal so yeah that you've always got to kind of you've got to pay off it makes me smile when people say oh i saved two pounds on my washing powder yeah but you paid five pounds in petrol together <laughs> yeah but but the christmas shops are big shops so you can make savings and you touched a bit on kind of loyalty schemes, loyalty programs sure. there. Um, supermarket loyalty schemes have changed quite a lot this year. There's been a lot more introduction of specialist pricing for loyalty schemes, I think started by Tesco, but others have, have started. What's the best way to use those loyalty cards and club cards and things like that to your advantage to save money, particularly at Christmas? Well, the first thing is make sure you signed up for all the supermarkets, deals and cards and loyalty schemes. Because some of them now, that's the only way you will get the reduced price. So if you take Tesco as the best example, Tesco is the biggest supermarket in the UK. It's got over a quarter of the market. So if you look at them, you will only get the club card deals if you're signed up to the club card system. So you'll end up paying more if you haven't got it. So number one, sign up to everybody's loyalty scheme. It's dead simple now. You just put them straight onto your phone. You don't have to have a massive great big wallet full of cards that you're carrying around the shops. So put it all onto your phone. And then where there are double points weekends or activities, make sure you trade into those. Um, And use them as much as you can, but use them to cash in as you want to. So you need to do a bit of homework on the schemes, what they now offer and so on. But they are worth using, absolutely worth using, particularly this time of year when you're spending more money. 
And so do you have any other handy tips and tricks to help people cut the cost of Christmas, particularly when it comes to that food shop, but also presents, any of that kind of shopping? Yeah, well, I mean, if, we, if we move away from non-food for a minute, so that there's that food, the bigger part of Christmas, the more expensive part for most families is non-food, so buying presents and so on. My tips there are set really clear budgets for yourself because it's very easy to get carried away with Christmas. So decide what you want to buy, by person, by family member, by friend, and set a budget if you can and stick to it. Make sure you use things like Black Friday. So um, it's still running at the moment into Cyber Monday, and I expect it will continue through for the next couple of weeks. So if you're buying clothing in particular, there are lots of 20 and 30% off. That is a real discount. 20% off perfume is a real discount. So make sure you try and use those. Do loads of price comparisons online before you buy anything, I would say, over £10 because you'll soon get a good view on that. Um, and, you know, be smart about what you're buying. If you're buying toys, make sure you buy them now because they may well have run out by Christmas, particularly the popular toys and the people we don't want to let down at Christmas is their kids. So that's quite important. Um, so I think when it comes to non-food, budget setting this year is really important. Don't feel that that's a bad thing. You know, I, I, I did a, um, a radio program on Radio 4 the other week and lots of people ringing in with their tips. Lots of families are doing uh, Secret Santa. So instead of buying for everybody in your family, you buy for one person, one price. I think that's sensible in big groups. Um and, and the big thing is if you plan ahead, you will save more money than being spontaneous about things, unfortunately. But Christmas is a time where you do need to plan ahead. When it comes to food, I think most people spend more at Christmas. But again, think about your meals. Plan out how many meals you're going to have. Plan your menus for those. So you don't suddenly panic and buy an extra five desserts that cost you £15 each. Or, you know, you also don't want to have too little food, do you? So... Just plan it and think of Christmas lunch as just a big Sunday lunch. Don't think it's the meal of the year that if you get wrong, it's a disaster. You know, most families have got Christmas lunch disaster stories that could go on forever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, look at the discounters. If you don't shop at the discounters, you might be pleasantly surprised about some of their prices. Their Christmas ranges are really good. Um, and, and do shop around. Don't just stick with where you've always been. And also get into local stores too. A lot of local shops will be doing some really good deals this Christmas. But my top tip is absolutely stick to your budget and don't move from it. Don't be tempted to shove it all on a card and then pay for it in the new year. Try and stick to to a fixed budget. Great advice and ones that we shall all be following. So thank you very much for joining us. A pleasure. Thank you for having me. So that was Catherine Shuttleworth from Savvy Marketing um, with some really great advice. And I do find myself, Laura, seeing these offers, you know, that buy a case of wine, 25% off. And every year I think, oh, that's a really good thing to do because I don't want to wait until Christmas and then have to pay the full whack. And every year I fail. So I think that is a really good bit of advice. But I suppose you can only spend when you've got the money budgeted for that particular thing. 
Yeah, but I think it is about spreading that cost. But quite often people get paid early for Christmas, which is something that companies do to help people with the cost of the big day. But that means that that money needs to stretch much further because you have a bigger pay gap until January. So one thing I think people need to be conscious of is kind of maybe trying to put some of your spend in the previous pay packet so not everything's coming out. Otherwise, that makes for quite a bleak January while you're waiting for that payday. But what I also thought was quite timely with this discussion is that the Competitions and Markets Authority came out um, last week and they were talking about those supermarket loyalty cards. So this is something we've touched on a bit on um, the pod before, these better prices that you can get for having a club card or a nectar card or all of those various different ones. Now, they're great. And that's something that Catherine touched on is, you know, signing up to those schemes so that you can get reduced costs. But going around Sainsbury's this weekend, I was astonished at the price difference between having an extra card and not having it. And what the CMA is looking into is whether that is strictly right and whether whether supermarkets are really playing fair when it comes to those price differences. Because if you've forgotten your Nectar card or you haven't signed up, you can end up paying a huge amount more. I forget all the time. And Catherine's right. You should have it on your phone. But mm-hmm. I've changed my phone recently and everything that I had on my phone for some reason didn't get copied across. So I really need to sort it out because it is so annoying when you get to the checkout and you think, hang on, I could have saved a tenner here. And mm, let's be honest, easy. you know, a tenner is huge um, when mm-hmm. you're talking about you, your food shop and maybe you've gone to two or three different places and then that's extra petrol. And I know certainly we've got um, a, a brilliant sort of shopping precinct near us where you've got a Marks and Spencer Simply Food and an Aldi and a Home Bargains. And if you're smart, you can do your shop picking and choosing the best value items from each of those stores. And I'm often surprised about where those best value items actually are. However, it takes time. And of course, we we don't all have time, do we? Exactly. And so I think it's about doing, much like Catherine said, it's about doing what you can with the time that you've got. So for me, it's just not realistic to be going around lots of different shops every single week. And so I just get an online food order from Tesco and I just make sure that I'm trying to get the best products um, for the cheapest price. And one thing that I do do to help with the cost of Christmas is save up all of my club car vouchers throughout the year so that I can use them all in December. So some of those vouchers are really good used for family days out or monies off certain meals, but lots of those things I don't tend to use that much. So instead I save them up and I've got lots of those five pound vouchers saved up that I'm going to use for my big Christmas shop to try and help make that a bit cheaper because I'm conscious that that is going to be a massive cost this year for lots of people, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And what you were saying as well about um, sort of planning for that extra bit of time between payday, because we get paid slightly earlier, I know a lot of people do as well. And then you suddenly find actually there's an extra week that you have to fund. And if you can set aside, freeze some of the food that you prepare over the Christmas period, you know, whether it is turkey curry, my family hate turkey curry. I personally love turkey curry. I love it. I'll come to yours for turkey curry. I think it's brilliant. So yeah, I'll sort of freeze single portions and they can do the beans on toast things. But 
It is almost like we planned this because Catherine was talking about meal planning and we're moving on to our next guest because Mimi Harrison started meal planning at university because her weekly food budget was tiny. And I think it is absolutely fair to say that she has turned that into an absolute art form. She's now got hundreds of recipes to help you create meals with a price tag of just £1.25 a portion. She's got a hugely successful blog and Instagram account called Beat the Budget, where she invites people to join her budget club. And she's recently published her first cookbook. I persuaded her it was time to give podcasting a go. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, I a lot of people will be asking, when did you start Beat the Budget? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honour to be asked to be a guest on your podcast, especially for my first one. Um, but I first started Beat the Budget in uni, so it was in my third year. Basically, it was a I didn't plan to do it full time or anything. I just, um, after two years of eating so unhealthily because of the budget constraints, I was having cheesy chips and gravy probably... <laughs> I don't want to admit how many times I had it a week. <laughs> um, but I basically had it because I wanted to post my budget meals that I was making after kind of going through that journey and then really being sort of super precise what I was spending my money on and meal planning and trying to be as healthy as possible to kind of get back to how I felt before uni. Um, so, yeah, it started off as Mimi Makes and then it went on to be Beat the Budget when I realised Mimi Makes was quite a, a mouthful to say. <laughs> So, yeah, different alliterations, um, but more, I had the mes messaging more within it. But yeah, then Beat the Budget was born. Um, I think I, I took it more seriously after a year, because I think when I was doing my final year, it was kind of like I post the classic sort of food shots that you take in your kitchen lighting, and it looks <laughs> not as, you know, not as appetizing as um, when you have all that overhead and stuff. But I think, yeah, after a year, I... Um, I was posting more consistently and then three years later here we are or four years later I can't actually I can't keep track of how old I am now. <laughs> so for people that haven't um, looked at Beat the Budget what is it that you do in your videos? So I basically do um, meal prep sort of meals that are five meals within one recipe at a time so um yeah, I, I also do meal plans, which are sort of three meals using crossover ingredients. Um, but everything, with every recipe that I do, uh, I hope to make a meal that's about £1.25 or less a portion. Um, so recently, the, the recipes and meal plans that have been take, like doing a lot better on social media is when I do um, £20 meal prep um, reels, which is three different recipes, but you kind of either get six or five meals per recipe. So it's sort of 15 to 17 meals, sorry, so many numbers, <laughs> but under 20 pounds. Um, so it all averages out around, yeah, £1.25 a portion. So I kind of, I hope to have, my recipes are balanced, so they're not, I hate cutting out food groups, um, cutting out anything. I obviously provide substitutes for people that if they are gluten-free or whatever, they can do that. But um, they're kind of balanced, but also packed with vegetables. So, you know, Hopefully, the all-around recipes, you got the taste and you got the health. Because we love numbers on this podcast, so more okay. the merrier is what we say. Um, and, and I imagine that because we've had this cost of living crisis, a lot more people have been getting in touch with you, 
was it harder as inflation because food inflation has been crazy has it become harder for you to to do that yes I think um my recipe I did did notice more people were getting in touch and I felt that connection more with my audience which was really nice to feel like I was helping in that way in in a small way compared to all the other costs that emerged too but I think the I did notice Obviously, with my job, I memorize the prices of like an onion, all the, like me and my mom do a game where she'll say this ingredient and I'll be like, okay, and as it's 57p and all these things. And I think so those marginal increases across the whole shop, you can really tell. But I think with the, with meal prepping and meal planning, I think you can do as much as you can, but I think the costs did obviously rise and that there's only so much you can do to help it but I think hopefully I can still manage to do yeah as it says 17 meals under 20 pounds but I think I remember at uni when I used to do my meal plans I remember being in Aldi and I could see at the checkout it was 13 pounds I had this like just a memory of that and it's like I don't think that would happen right now (laughs) we're, we're obviously heading into Christmas and it's a very good time for you to plug the fact that people might be interested because you've now got a book Yes, it was I yeah a lifelong dream of mine because I feel like from every kind of sort of food content creator's dream is to have a book. Like it's just so nice to have your recipes and writing and to help people without them having to go on their phones. And obviously, after a long day at work, you sometimes don't want to be bombarded by social media. So I think the book was a way that I could do everything that I was doing online, but to have it in print and to help in a way, and also to reach a sort of people that hadn't seen me before online who don't don't like Instagram yeah it was a a dream come true and yeah seeing the meal plans at the the back all printed out and oh (laughs) and Christmas is a particularly difficult time of year for people because not only do they want to have have feasts don't they 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 Mm. want to push the boat out a little bit but also you've got people stopping by for drinks and nibbles and that kind of thing so have you got any tips for people let's start with the big day itself have you got any tips on how to sort of budget or maybe to use the ingredients that you're buying in in different ways yes definitely so I think just with like with meal planning um I think I touched on crossover ingredients but it like emphasis on the planning so what I do with my shopping list after you've decided your I kind of like to picture my Christmas meal and then think of the components and how I could get ingredients that cross over with one another. Um, After you've done that, when you write your list, if you divide, this sounds very um, pernickety, but it works. (laughs) If you divide your shopping list into how it's laid out in the supermarket. So I do fruit and veg, meat and dairy, cupboard, frozen and extras. And basically what that means is when you're going around, you don't go back and forth. And I think that's when the impulse spending happens, when you get drawn in by the the fun aisles, like the confectionery. That could be a whole different shop. But I think if you just stick to your, do one shop and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to just do the Christmas meal and just focusing on that plate and thinking, okay, if I am going to get something in bulk, can it also obviously feed Boxing Day and maybe a Christmas Eve dinner? Um, so thinking about what's around the Christmas meal, um, but also, yeah, I think with stuff like alcohol and, um, yeah, drinks and maybe size, if you're doing Christmas with another family, I think you can sort of say we're in charge of Christmas dinner, 
but a way to divide it out is to be like you could you could bring the drinks we could divide it in that way um with my friends a really fun thing what we did is we did like a potluck for Christmas so we all live in um obviously the four people in my house and we didn't have enough oven space to do everything so we had like two friends bring pigs in blankets and stuffing we did the um potatoes and well it was actually like a a chicken like a very small chicken because we have lots of vegetarian vegan friends um but yeah I think the house that's like doing the actual dinner can be the house that like needs to serve the stuff piping hot so I think like yeah bringing bringing as much you asking your guests like whatever they want to bring they can bring um but yeah I think that it's all in the planning do you think people are now sort of more open to to having those discussions so if you're going to someone's house it's it's okay to say you need to chip in or can you bring something can you bring a bottle and and I'm particularly thinking about you know, when you're going and you're dropping off presents and maybe people just stop by for a drink and then you feel like you've got to get some nibbles out and then you feel you've got to get the chocolates out. And before you know it, you realise that, you know, maybe 20 or 30 pounds has been spent on an evening that you weren't expecting. Yeah, so like the festive excursions outside of the main events. I do think, in a way, I think you could almost factor those emergency, like the you could meal plan those thinking that like, so you could get bulk buy some um, supermarket owned crisps. You could get some dips. Those have a, a long fridge life, but kind of anticipating those as a separate thing and, and writing your own budget for that. So I guess it's like, it's the spontaneity that then makes you kind of spend more. Cause you kind of think, oh, I, I don't know what's happening and all this stuff. So if you kind of plan for three or four occasions, maybe that then you can, kind of split the ingredients across each time it, it sounds very boring but I think the <laughs> the amount that you can save when it goes when you plan for these things rather than kind of you know when you're panicked I feel like I'll just like I haven't planned I'll be going up the um what's the aisle that's like right by the tills and you just kind of you throw everything in because you're like oh, oh yeah that- yeah <laughs> It's specifically designed for when you've got kids as well, because it's just full of all those, the, the chocolates, you know, that the boxes of Quality Street and the extra crisps and, you know, all those lovely things that you've maybe held out on the rest of your way around the supermarket. And then you oh, just get one more, one more. <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's why with my, with my, um, so what I've actually started doing is I'll make a Google um a google doc with my um supermarket headings and then i'll copy and paste it into my apple notes and that goes straight onto my phone so i can do i can tick as i go and it kind of with my meal plans i i timed it because i'm really lame it actually only took me 15 minutes from in getting into the supermarket to getting out so i think the the less time you're in there the less time you have to make damage so (laughs) (laughs) definitely having it on your phone and just being like really aware of what you're ticking off and not kind of I find that I'm just looking for those things and I'm not actually looking I'm not kind of browsing see my um podcast co-host Laura is a devil with spreadsheets she absolutely loves spreadsheets and I think you and she are talking the same language here it's (laughs) about the planning and sort of planning further ahead Christmas and then New Year and then trying to eat healthy a lot of people find that Fresh fruit and veg tends to be incredibly expensive. Have you got any mm. tips 
there buying in bulk, buying things that sort of sell by dates, that kind of thing? Definitely. So I think really utilizing the freezer section is something that I really believe in. Like I think people have this misconception that fresh is best, but what they kind of don't think of is that the frozen veg that's put into the freezer aisle, it's frozen at peak freshness. So you'll kind of get, you often, if you buy something, some spinach that's been on the shelves for three days, but if you get those, um, I like to call them like nutrient bombs because it's like spinach, like put into it and you can just throw one into your meal. That's, it's kind of more likely that, well, I'm not a nutritionist, but what I've read and from my research is that that could have more nutrients than something that's soggy when you, as soon as you buy it and then you kind of try and, use up as quickly as possible so I think there's I definitely have lots of go-tos like um frozen green beans frozen sweet corn peas are an amazing one obviously I think they're the most child-friendly and everyone's go-to frozen veg um but yeah I think also just utilizing your freezer so if you buy um or meal prep sort of you wouldn't even need to do the whole meal but you could meal prep some um steamed vegetables and then just freeze them if you're worried that you're not going to eat them and then you can microwave them as soon as you need them and you're kind of you're meal prepping the things that you you don't have the urge to cook as much because it's like you're adding the nutrients in you're not kind of not many people crave green beans (laughs) but but yeah doing that can kind of it makes it easier and makes you more likely to eat it so I think yeah definitely utilizing the freezer section in the new year is like something that I always do and meal prepping of course (laughs) and of course if you're cooking in bulk like that and then freezing it and you just need to microwave you're using less power as well which if you're thinking from that perspective it's it's a good thing um just in terms of you what does what are you excited about for the new year oh I think I get I'm very um always looking into the future and getting too excited about things. So I think I always get excited for January because it's a, a chance to kind of have a fresh slate with like trying to get rid of old habits. And I don't know if you've um, read Atomic Habits. It's, <laughs> I feel like everyone's go-to book, but I think I do want to implement some new habits, but I think with in relation to food and money, I think kind of sticking to what I'm doing, but I think, the stuff with financial planning and stuff aside from um beat the budget I want to kind of improve my financial literacy like be more in the know because I thought I focus so much on my um my recipes and I, I that's that's my budget lane but I think kind of making myself more aware of like, investing all those stuff I think that's something I'm excited for the new year because um I haven't paid attention to it in the past, even though I did a business degree. But my business degree was, <laughs> it's a mixture of, <laughs> yeah, I did business and finance, but I think it's different to what you, like real life finance and uni finance. It's, I feel like they are quite different sometimes. <laughs> well, we'll have to get you back on to find out how your investing journey is going. Look, it's been brilliant yeah. talking to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Her Instagram is great and it's just so great for inspiration of being able to cook meals that don't cost the earth. And it's impressive that she gets such low price tags on them considering how much food costs have gone up because we know that that is an area that has soared in price. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it used to be a pound a portion and she has had to put it up to £1.25 a portion because of exactly that. We all know inflation has um, really hit us hard. Now, you can check out her meal plans at beatthebudget.com or find her on Instagram at beatthebudget. And her book is available at all good bookstores. Now, I spoke to her just before Black Friday And she had something of a dilemma about a big purchase that she has been wrestling with. Okay, so mine is more of a thought rather than a confession, but I think it's going to turn into a confession. (laughs) Um, I have been, and I think it's a confession because it's off brand. I've been looking for 18 months and wanting to buy it, but then not wanting to, not actually buying it. The Dyson Airwrap because I know <laughs> it's an extortionate thing to buy um, and I, I basically thought maybe I'll do it this week in Black Friday because it's something I've wanted for so long but I think that will be another thing that you'll ask me in um, <laughs> next year and I probably won't afford it because it <laughs> it is yeah it's too expensive but that's my confession is just that I'm even thinking about buying it. <laughs> well it's a dilemma as well isn't it because you when you see something which is a big ticket item particularly at the moment a lot of people are are putting those on the back burner and just thinking when my finances improve I'll buy it and then maybe they look next time and they think oh it's gone up maybe I should have bought it then yeah (laughs) exactly and it's like I'm not I'm refusing to spend more than two pounds on a meal that I create but then I'm buying this hairdryer it's like how can I justify it but I still want it (laughs) She is talking my language. I've been having the same dilemma for years and I just can't bring myself to spend the money on it. But so many friends have it and love it, but it just pains me. Oh, it's yeah, it pains me as well. You look at the price tag and my kids keep saying, we should have one of those. And I sort of say, yeah, we should, but we don't. And we're not getting one. (laughs) You can justify it more. That's splitting it between three. So then it's a third of the cost each. I believe that is what they call girl math. That is good girl math. The problem is it would end up somewhere in the youngest pit of a bedroom hidden under piles of washing and various art books. So uh, yeah, we'd lose it. So so maybe not. Um, uh, I know something that I have toyed with for that very purchase is to spread it on credit, maybe to use one of the buy now, pay later schemes. And I've just written an article for our Money Matters website talking about all of those temptations and some suggestions of what you might want to consider when making your Christmas purchases this year if you don't want a huge headache come next year. Because when those bills start to come through the door, when those payments are due, you suddenly realize actually I haven't just put one thing on buy now pay later Uh, I've done two three maybe four things and it all adds up exactly and we're actually going to do a bit of a deep dive into buy now pay later next year because I think it's an area where people have dabbled with some people use it quite a lot but there's also a murkier side to it and lots of people getting caught out by it or not fully understanding you know how it works and that they might get hit by charges so keep your ears peeled is that a phrase for next year for that episode (laughs) it should be (laughs) (laughs) and for closer to home for our next episode um it's going to be 
getting all of the Money Matters team to spill the beans on the financial dilemmas that they have faced this year, but also their plans for 2024 and how they're going to become financially fitter in the new year. I definitely need some of those tips. We hope that you can join us then. Until then, we hope you have a really happy Christmas and best wishes from us all for the new year. Thanks a lot for listening. Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.